Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. How is everybody doing? I hope that if you are feeling a little bit of stress, if you are feeling a little bit of worry, that listening to this episode today will help you maybe feel a little bit of calm and a little bit of relief from your day and hopefully help you to connect to that inner voice, that inner guidance, that beautiful intuition that you hold inside of you. And one of the main reasons why um, I kind of answered my intuition when it kept telling me since last, about last September, I started really, I kept thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe I should start a podcast. And at first I thought, well, that is kind of ridiculous. There are totally enough podcasts out there. I listened to some fantastic ones. Why on earth would we need another one? <laughs> but then my intuition just kept calling. It, I kept getting this little voice saying, you should really look into that podcast. Try, just try it. That I, I did want to, I, I did have something to say about reconnecting to your intuition. Because when I did, one of the most beautiful things that came out of it was I finally left this corporate career that I had been moving through for almost 16 years. A career that was not aligned with my soul. It was not aligned with myself. And that has given me a truly new lease on life. When I was able to kind of shift that perspective and realize I didn't have to do it, that I had a choice. But before I really reconnected to that, you know, birthright of our intuition and our intuitive gifts, before I reconnected to it, I really felt like I didn't have a choice. I had a lot of stories that I told myself that I thought were true. You could call them limiting beliefs unhealed wounds. I mean, there's many, there are many therapeutic terms for it, but I feel like, I feel like if you're listening to this, you, you'll get this because if you are listening to a podcast about connecting to your intuition, then you are already feeling that call that your intuition is already telling you something. And now maybe you're in that sphere where, okay, it is telling me something, but how on earth am I going to do that? Or why would I, where would I even start? 
So because of my intuition, I finally found part of my purpose, part of my calling, which is as an intuitive Reiki master level practitioner, where I, I get to, I get to help women from all over the world reconnect to their inner guidance, reconnect to themselves, to heal, to support the healing of their own energy so that they can set boundaries for themselves, figure out what they want, you know, really be in their power for lack of a better word. And that, if you would have told me even a year and a half ago that I would be doing that as my job, that I'd actually be doing something that I enjoyed and not something that I would need a vacation from, that my life could actually almost feel like a vacation if I balanced my time correctly. I mean, that would, that would sound like a fairy tale to me, but it actually happened. So I am, I'm in love with the energy healing work that I do, but I am also so excited to continue to develop and learn more about this insanely magical world that we live in and the insane magic that we are made of. So a great way to start looking at and reconnecting to your intuition is to recognize whether you are identifying as an empath, as a very empathic person, or as a highly sensitive person. It's so interesting because I reconnected to my intuition and my empathic gifts, intuitive gifts, later in my life. So about 10 years ago, when I was around 30, I was becoming more aware of what they were. But I did not identify as an empath. I didn't want to be one. When I read about it, it would always say, oh, they, you know, are crushed by other people's emotions. They are, you know, they get flattened under the weight of all the suffering in the world. And it is just a trial and a, a very, a very difficult existence to be an empath. So I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with that. That did not sound good to me. You know, I can remember as a teenager even where I was trying out for the school play and I was so sensitive and I really, one of the main things that showed my sensitivity was feeling my emotions very strongly. And I was feeling that I wanted this part in this play so strongly and I didn't get it. And I remember being so heartbroken, but then I was told that I would never be able to do anything if I was always going to be so sensitive. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to accomplish anything. 
if I continue to be so sensitive. And so I really, that was one of the main times that I remember consciously thinking, okay, I will only feel everything on the inside because I know that I want to do a lot of things. I didn't know exactly what they were, but I knew that I didn't want it to be like an impediment in any way. And now in my work and just in my life, I've witnessed and realized that everybody, I believe, is born with the capacity to empathize with each other. You know, that is one way that we are all so connected. That's a way, that's a beautiful way that humanity can really work together is when we can empathize with each other. But it wasn't always an obvious thing. Looking into the word empath, I mean, it's kind of amazing because it started in the 50s from a science fiction book. Like there was actually a character that was called an empath because they were an alien that was able to feel the emotions of another person. Which may, my voice is getting higher because that seems crazy to me that <laughs> that's science fiction. Because I can do that and I have so many people in my life that can also do that. But now, in today's world, we have so much more information about what being a truly empathetic person is and what happens when we're not aware of it. If we do decide that we don't want to be that sensitive, it can actually get really challenging to our life. And that's what happened to me. I didn't want to be one. So I didn't realize that when you are a, a truly like unaware, some would say unempowered empath, you can come across many different challenges and difficulties in your life that a lot of people don't go through themselves. Some of those traits of um, being a very empathic person would be, um, you know, being very selfless, putting other people's needs before your own very naturally, where it is more comfortable to focus on other people's needs instead of your own. You may have found throughout your life that you connect with people very quickly. And I did. That helped me in my career, actually. I was able to move up quite quickly because I connected with people on such a deep level, even without me knowing it, kind of. <laughs> and you may really relate to this, where somebody else feels an intensely deep connection with you. And you understand that because you can feel their feelings and you really care about this person because you care about people. And that might really help you in your career, but in your personal life, if you connect to people too quickly, that could also create almost a, um, 
like an unnatural response from the other person. And then you're not creating a relationship, even if it's just a friendship, on an equal level. You are in that that helper role. You know, most empaths are also could be quite introverted or more loners. I found that, that before I really knew how to protect my energy and be a empathic person in the world, I had to limit my social interactions to quite minimal. But in my twenties and my later teen years, I wanted to be like everybody else. So the way that I handled my kind of oversensitivity in the world of being around too many people at once or having too much around me, too much social interaction, that would drain my energy so fast. The antidote for that, for me, was to numb it out. So that would be with alcohol. That would be with cigarettes. Like I loved smoking when I was younger. I loved it. It was my favorite thing, but it is so bad for you. And I haven't smoked in over 10 years. And yeah, I really did use it to help that uncomfortable feeling that I would get around so many people. There are a lot of beautiful resources for information on empaths and more empathetic um, personalities and traits on the internet, for sure. So Google away. There's great ones. I've seen beautiful articles on like psychology today and that kind of thing. But the reason that I'm speaking so much about empaths and being an empathetic person is what I found in my intuitive work is that before you're able to really connect to your intuition, like I spoke about before, you need to be able to identify whether the feelings that you have are yours or whether they're somebody else's. And when you're a very empathetic or a highly sensitive person, it's totally natural for you to absorb other people's energy, other people's feelings, to really kind of take on the world, so to speak, and to start to become aware of that is beautifully empowering, but also a beautiful step to creating that connection and that relationship with your intuition and your intuitive gifts. Now, if you're relating to these descriptions of what an empathetic person may go through while moving through the world, or maybe somebody in your family or a friend of yours, the key that I found, the main thing, that I was fortunate enough to be taught by a beautiful teacher of mine was to ground my energy. And that is kind of a buzzword. That is a word that you may hear thrown around. Like, are you grounded? How do you get grounded? 
What does it mean to be grounded? But for a highly sensitive, empathetic person to not have grounded energy is so detrimental to your life and to your experience in your life. I know this because I probably spent, I'm trying to think of like a percentage, but I'm just going to say I spent a vast majority of my life being completely ungrounded without even knowing it, just living in that space. And when I learned how to ground my energy, when I learned how to come back into my body so I could have full awareness of what I was doing, how I was feeling, and what I wanted, totally changed the game for me, changed my whole life. Grounding my energy, connecting back to my intuition, that led me to my purpose. It sounds so simple when I put it that way. And isn't that one of the most hilarious things about life? That sometimes the things we want the most have a very simple trajectory. It's like three steps. Ground your energy. Connect your intuition. Find your purpose. But there are a lot of little steps in between. But in the grand scheme, like, pretty easy. Except... Okay, it would be really easy if we weren't human because it's our humanness, our ego, our reaction to the world, how we were brought up, how we were treated, the things we've gone through, the relationships we've been in, the stories we tell ourselves. Those are the things the notches that add up to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days in between those three simple steps. And I'm hoping that, you know, week after week, while I continue to learn, and if you'll join me, that you'll be able to find so many beautiful ways to reconnect to your intuition And that will help to heal so many things that are in the way, in your way, of living the life that you want to live. Really cutting out all that noise. If you're unsure, if you are ungrounded, if you're unsure about it, I'll I'll tell you how I know that I'm definitely not grounded. I, first of all, the feeling, I get a very buzzy head. And that means that I can really, it almost feels like a headache, but it's kind of like a tension headache where it makes it hard for me to concentrate, but I'm not in pain. I'm more, more of a fuzziness in my whole kind of skull crown area. And if that doesn't remind me that I need to ground my energy, what will happen is I will start to bump into things, bump into people, knock things over, cut myself when I'm cutting a vegetable. I remember once 
I had a really big day at work. I did not ground my energy in the morning. I was in a giant meeting with a lot of different personalities and I was taking on so much of everybody else's energy because I was not protecting mine. I just did not make it a priority. And in this one instance, I remember I got home and I live in quite an old house, over a hundred years old. And our window in the kitchen has a very large frame and it's a very heavy pane of glass because it's quite a large window. And I wanted to get some fresh air, you know, another beautiful way to cleanse your space is opening up your windows and letting the air move through and move out all the stagnant energy that was there or stagnant air. And with this kind of window, this old, very heavy framed window, I have to push it up and then there's a latch on the side of the frame that holds the window up. So I come home from this meeting, this big conference, my energy is very ungrounded. I am just totally out of my body energy wise, but I don't know it. I, I don't know. And I open this window and I put the latch up, a latch that I've used to hold this window up many, many, many times before. But because I was so ungrounded, my thumb missed the latch, but didn't register that it missed it. And the window fell down on my wrist, this super heavy wooden framed window with a very heavy pane of glass smashed down on my wrist. Now I was very lucky because the coat that I was wearing had or was made of material that kind of cushioned it. But that stopped me in my tracks. And there is a way that even though my energy was ungrounded and I almost hurt myself very badly by not being fully aware of my surroundings, in a way... It did feel like my intuition was kind of working with my energy, with my ungrounded energy, and took charge and said, okay, how do we get my attention back? So that, you know, almost spraining or, you know, really hurting my wrist is the worst thing that could have possibly happened and not say a car accident or, you know, tripping off the curb and hurting my ankle, both of which have happened before. So it did feel, even though, even though in the moment, of course, it was like really scary and a lot of different feelings came out of it. But the main lesson The main lesson was quick. It snapped me back, snapped me right back into the present moment, into my energy and showed me because I almost was hurt quite badly. It showed me that I was ungrounded. So it reminded me to do my practices, 
to ground my energy back because me walking through the world with ungrounded energy was not helping me and it was not helping anyone around me and anything else in my life. <laughs> like the ripple out effect of my ungrounded energy is just more kind of, what would you call it? Maybe chaos is dramatic, but more like casual chaos. I'll call it that. So my ungrounded energy, and maybe yours is too, the kind of ripples out and creates this like casual chaos. These little calamities happen. I'm sure there are other C words that I can add there. Not, not the C word, but like other C words <laughs> that I can add into there. But yeah, that was like such a great lesson and a very important moment for me that I will not forget. And when I feel like I don't have time to do a grounding meditation or set boundaries with my social life and rest, all of these things that really help us and help me to preserve and take care of my, my own energy, then I remember the time when that giant window almost smashed down on my wrist at full force, which would have been horrible. When I remember that, then, you know, a 10-minute grounding meditation doesn't sound like that much work. Taking a moment to tune back into myself, my body, my breath, doesn't feel that bad. So those experiences, even though, I mean, I've had a lot, so I will tell you many more over the course of the evolution of this podcast, those things that bring me back to that remembering, they were good. Like it was a good thing that happened because it's helped me remember to ground my energy time and time again. Having this awareness is healing because it is allowing you to reclaim your energy and come back whole again, which is the definition of healing, restoring something to wholeness. But the most beautiful thing about reclaiming all of that back to yourself, all of the things that you are and that you have that you may have forgotten, they're not fractured. It's just a perception. Like I really believe anything that is clouding you from being able to reconnect to your authenticity, to who you truly are, those are there. Those clouds are there for you to work through and have that experience of working through them. Healing is a really interactive process. It's kind of a collaboration. Now in my work, it's definitely a collaboration between me and my client, but we're also collaborating with so much other support that we may not be physically seeing. And that is, you know, that's part of the magic that I was speaking of before too. Reconnecting to ourselves helps us reconnect to everything else around us. It's just physics. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not a physicist, so that's more of anecdotal physics. 
but um, hopefully that makes sense to you. Okay, so step one, right? Ground our energy. There are many ways to do it. There are countless grounded meditations, grounding meditations on YouTube and online. I'll definitely be offering more techniques throughout the evolution of this podcast. But for now, a quick way to ground your energy and to kind of practice until you have time to find your favorite one. When you're feeling a little out of your energy, like I kind of described earlier, the most important is to take a moment for yourself. Take that moment, close your eyes, try to sit in a chair or stand is fine. You can totally do this at work. I used to do this many times just by, you know, sneaking away for a few moments alone. But you want to close your eyes and you want to really feel into your breath, which just means that you become nicely more aware of when you're breathing in and when you're breathing out. So you take a few moments of breathing in and breathing out, and then you bring your mind, your awareness, all of your focus to your toes. And then you slowly just follow your body. It's a a body scan, if you will. So you go from your toes to your ankles, to your calves, to your knees, and so on and so on. And then when you are scanning while breathing and just taking a moment, maybe you might detect a little bit of tension, maybe a little bit of anxiety or unease in your body. And when you do, then you can kind of put your hands there or just really focus on that place and just breathe. Breathe into that space that needs a little bit more attention. And this practice is adapted from one of my beloved teachers and mentors. And it's such a beautiful way to ground your energy by embodying, by bringing your energy back into your body. I hope this week that you are able to find time for yourself and time to ground your energy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. If you have any thoughts or questions, then please contact me through my website, treenlight.com, or through my Instagram, at treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. I'd really love to hear from you. I do have space for a few more clients this spring, and I always offer a free clarity call to see how I can support you. I'll also leave my links in the show notes, and it's hugely appreciated if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel called to give some support, then please share this episode with a friend. You can also leave a review. iTunes only cares about the full five stars, and that really helps other people find it. So thank you once more. 
And until next week.